Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description. Hello, and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. On today's episode, we will be discussing Once Upon a Time, Season 1, Episode 19, The Return. This episode was written by Jane Espenson and directed by Paul Edwards. It premiered April 22nd, 2012, and had a viewership of 9.08 million. A brief synopsis. Regina's plan for Mary Margaret is thwarted following Catherine's sudden reappearance while Mr. Gold investigates August. In the Enchanted Forest, flashbacks show what happened to Balefire after Rumpelstiltskin becomes the Dark One. And the title card features August driving his motorcycle. So diving right into the episode, in Storybrooke, August Booth wakes up experiencing a terrible pain in his leg. He falls from his bed and hobbles over to the phone. He dials the rotary phone in his room and speaks to an unknown person. He says that they need to move the plan along faster. Later, August sends Henry Mills into Mr. Gold's shop. Henry asks for a gift for Mary Margaret and says he thinks she would like a bell. This gives August time to sneak in through the back door but Mr. Gold catches him. August backpedals by claiming he is looking for maps, and Mr. Gold directs him to the front of the shop. So I have a a couple notes here. First and foremost, Mr. Gold smiles and is friendly with uh, Henry. He genuinely seems to like children. Of course Uh, he does. (laughs) Yeah. There's a Mickey Mouse telephone uh, sitting in a case in Mr. Gold's pawn shop. And there's a hidden detail that Jefferson's hat box is also on a shelf in Mr. Gold's office. Which is interesting because Regina has it later in a few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And like things do not go well between Regina and Gold from like here on out. No, certainly not. Uh, My only thing is I find it so interesting that of all the people, August has somehow conned into helping him, it's Henry, and it's like, you can just call Henry, a kid he has no business calling at like no. 9 a.m. to be like, hey, I need you to come help me. We yeah. need to speed up this plan. Like, Yeah, and like, it's not like Henry has a cell phone or anything, so he called Regina's house. What is up with all these adults basically either being mad at children or relying on children <laughs> for like things that we have no business being mad about or relying on children for? No idea. But moving right along, Emma goes to see Catherine Nolan, who is in the hospital. Catherine says that she doesn't really remember anything, but a few events, such as being in the car crash, being surrounded by darkness in a basement, food and drinks appearing for her, and she assumes she was drugged. Dr. Whale confirms that they are trying to detoxify the drugs, and Emma tells Catherine that everyone believed that she was dead because of the heart in Mary Margaret's jewelry jewelry box matching Catherine's DNA. There is now an investigation into who doctored the DNA results to frame Mary Margaret. I don't think we ever get the results of who did that. Maybe we do. I can't remember. But moving along, 
Regina Mills is upset about Mr. Gold breaking their deal. He claims he has never broken it as something tragic happening to Catherine was all that Regina asked for. And a kidnapping is tragic. Holding a ball, Mr. Gold reveals that he has only broken one deal in his life, and it was not this one. Regina realizes Mr. Gold set her up and that all the evidence, such as the forged DNA test and the planted key, will trace back to her. Regina questions why he made the curse bring them all to Storybrooke in the first place, and he tells her to figure it out. So I have a few notes here. Mr. Gold saying, we can't just turn people into snails and step on them, can we? And I put foreshadowing. Uh, (laughs) Regina saying, we've been in this together from the start. And Gold saying, oh, have we? And then when Mr. Gold is talking to Regina in the pawn shop, he is holding the ball that we see his, his son playing with later in the episode. I guess in the past, though, I should say. She hasn't tried to figure out before now why the hell he wanted them all here. Yeah. Like, like clearly there was some reason. I suppose most people don't know Rumpelstiltskin's backstory. True, but she knows that he wanted them here. Like, she in particular mm-hmm. has some investment in this. Like, mm. she knows that he made the curse. Why make the curse? Why take them? Like, why specifically all of this? Yeah. Well, I, I guess it's been, I, I remember looking up in a previous episode, it's been 300 years that Rumpelstiltskin was the dark one to when the dark curse is actually cast in the Enchanted Forest's timeline. Yeah. Seemingly him and the Blue Fairy are really the only two characters that were there from that time on. And so I, I, guess. Gu- I guess it makes sense that people wouldn't know his backstory. Yeah. Oh, well, moving along. In the Enchanted Forest, Balefire is playing with the ball we saw Mr. Gold holding in his shop. He chases the ball and nearly gets run over by a cart. The driver is angry with him, but stops once he realizes who Balefire is. He then tries to make up for the accident by offering him eggs. Rumpelstiltskin shows up, frightening the driver. Balefire tries to calm his father down by saying he is all right. But after seeing a cut on Balefire's knee, Rumpelstiltskin turns the man into a, a snail and then stomps on him, despite Balefire's pleas. So there we go. There's the foreshadowing. Yep, there yeah. it is. Back in Storybrooke, David Nolan visits Catherine and tries to kiss her forehead while she is sleeping, but he instead startles her, which it was hilarious in my opinion seeing that happen. He apologizes for lying and cheating. Catherine tells David that their relationship was not meant to be and says it is not his fault that he was just the first one to recognize it. Accurate. Yeah. Back at Mary Margaret's apartment, there is a a party for her celebrating her freedom from her legal entanglement. Henry has brought her a bell as a gift. Henry asks August if he found what he was looking for. Although his search was unsuccessful, he believes it quote-unquote, will find them. David shows up at the door, but Mary Margaret signals for Emma to turn him away. Emma tells David to walk Henry home. Emma is asked by Mr. Gold what she knows about August. She says not much, but then asks if he had anything to do with Catherine's magical return, but then he changes the subject. She doesn't know if he is working for Regina or against her. 
my thing here is again, no, if nobody knows anything about August, A, why is he at this party? And B, why is everybody so comfortable with him just talking to Henry all the time? Yeah. I, I guess Gold was invited to the party because he's uh, he was Mary Margaret's lawyer. But I, I feel like a lot of people would be uncomfortable with Gold at the party. Yeah, as like well. what? Like most of the crowd isn't like, why is Mr. Gold here? Who yeah. invited him? Yeah. And I think Emma probably invited August to the party because there seems to be a little thing between her and August at this time. But I wrote down here, Emma pawned off Henry to David and it was pretty smooth. Like, you know, she, Mary Margaret didn't want David there and Henry was there. So Emma's just like, And oh. she was like, oh, go home with David, bye. <laughs> yeah, like- yeah, yeah. And David's like, oh, like, all right, I'm not going to let this kid walk home alone. Okay, fine. I have here gold saying, are you proposing I'm working with Regina or against her? And Emma saying, I don't know, uh, maybe diagonally. And Gold saying, well, you keep working on that one. <laughs> like the line just cracked me up. It was like, yeah, Emma is right. Uh, Gold is working diagonally towards Regina. Like, Pretty much. Yeah. Like that's how Gold is always working on the diagonal. Everybody mm-hmm. else is going in straight lines one way or another. The Gold is like, we're going this way. <laughs> yeah. And then Gold's note saying August Wayne Booth, clearly a false name. If there's one thing I know, it's about names. Uh, or if there's one thing I know about, it's names. I mean, that is his thing. That's yeah. the thing in his story. It's yeah. Like... Uh, there was a production note that the music playing during this scene is called Origins by the band Tennis. Hmm. It was just a production note. I put it in there. And then something that changed in The Thing You Love Most, the window outside the entrance to Mary Margaret's loft apartment is a regular, clear, single-pane window. In The Price of Gold, it has been divided into four window panes. In this episode, it's been replaced by a glass-stained window. And then in season two, it is replaced by a new glass-stained window. And this glass-stained window that, that we see in this episode also appeared in a corridor in the inn in The Thing You Love Most, The Stable Boy, and this episode. It can also be seen on the entrance to The Rabbit Hole, the bar in Storybrooke. Huh. Interesting. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin and Balefire return home, and Rumpel tries to heal his son's knee with magic, but Balefire refuses and brings out healing items. He tells his father that people are afraid to even talk to him. He asks his father if he can get rid of his power. Rumpelstiltskin shows Balefire the dagger he already knows about and explains how his power can only disappear if someone kills him with it. Their mute maid, Anora, overhears them talking. Balefire asks if he would give up the power if he could find a way to get rid of it because he wants his father to return to his old self. Realizing how much he wants his son to be happy, they strike a deal in which if Balefire can find a way to get rid of Rumpelstiltskin's powers, he will give it up for Balefire's sake. So I have in here, uh, Rumpel isn't using the usual Rumpel voice in this scene. He's more so speaking like how uh, Mr. Gold talks. I feel like he talks like that with Bay all the time, though. That's kind of like he's very normal with Bay, but you mm. know, later the Blue Fairy will say that Balefire is the thing that keeps him human and keeps him from going like full dark. Like 
yeah balefire is the thing that's grounding him in humanity well we can even we can even see it in this episode their cottage might have been upgraded a little bit and obviously they have someone working for them but they still live in the same cottage that they lived in before he was the dark one yeah like he hasn't fully embraced all the power that he has yet I also wrote down that Honora is not long for this world after overhearing this conversation. Oh um, yeah, the minute you see, it's like, oh, yeah. oh, this poor maid. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> and then uh, finally, Rumpelstiltskin talks about how he walked into a field of battle and ended the Ogre War. And we will later see this event in season six. Back in Storybrooke, Mr. Gold breaks into August's room and finds a, a drawing of the dagger with Rumpelstiltskin's name on it. And I put in my notes here, he's the landlord for Granny's bed and breakfast. Surely he would have keys and not need to lockpick uh, August's room. Uh, August's room. Right? He just, like he could just threaten Granny, like yeah. give me the keys. Yeah. Well, I think like he owns the property. Like, you know, I don't even think he has to ask her permission to like, she's, basically, she's basically just the manager, but he's the owner. I just wrote that he likes doing it. Like he likes breaking into the room. Well, he also might be doing it. Like if let's say he had to like go ask granny for the keys. Like he doesn't have his own set. He doesn't want granny to know what he's doing. Cause he doesn't want August to know he's been there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I do think August is one step ahead of him here and does know what gold plans to do. Like, yeah. And then this is a bit of a spoiler note, but we're going to find out in this episode who August really is. So maybe not. There is a wooden donkey that Mr. Gold found in August's room. And that is a reference to the adventures of Pinocchio. In the tale, Pinocchio witnessed children being turned into donkeys in the land of toys. So yeah, just a little shout out there. Well, he Pinocchio. is turned into a donkey in the yeah. movie, in the animated film as well. Right, so. right. Meanwhile, Emma meets with Sidney Glass and she confronts him with the bug he used to spy on her to aid Regina. Emma realizes that he is in love with Regina which would explain his loyalty to her. She gives him an ultimatum. He can either free himself from trouble by helping her or go down with Regina. Later, Mr. Gold watches August speed off on his motorcycle and follows him behind in his car. And I have here a note from the production team. The license plate on the car next to August's motorcycle is 40F5TH which is the same as Regina's in The Fruit of the Poisonous Tree and Jim's in What Happened to Frederick. So it's just a reused license plate. Yeah. And then back in the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin leaves Bellfire to play with some other children while he attends to some business in the woods. But all the children run away. Moraine sits down with Bellfire. And this is Moraine from the previous episode that we saw get taken yeah. off to be in the army. But she sits down with Bellfire and says that she is not afraid of him. They talk about Rumpelstiltskin's power and how to get rid of it. She suggests that he call upon Rulgorm. She has heard about because her magic is more powerful than her father's. Moraine leaves when Rumpelstiltskin returns a moment later, and Bellfire notices blood on his boots. Rumpelstiltskin admits to killing their maid because she had previously seen the dagger. This outrages Balefire, who persists that she was a mute woman and would not have been able to tell anyone about it. Rumpelstiltskin replies that even mutes can draw a picture. And then I Such have- Such a funny line. Yeah, yeah. 
and I have a note here, like saying that Moraine was the young girl from a previous episode. Rumpelstiltskin saying that even mutes can draw a picture. And this is the first line that he says in his Rumple voice to Balefire. And then I wanted to ask you, would you take the opportunity to be Rumpelstiltskin's new maid? In this world, how much is this man paying me is what yeah. I want to know. I mean, as long as you don't even accidentally overhear him say something <laughs> that could be harmful to him. I'm sure you're going to have a somewhat- I'm going to live a life. short life no yeah. matter what, right? Because it's yeah. the Enchanted Forest. So right. like, I'm I mean, probably not living past like 30s, 40s anyway. Yeah, so like, I mean, you know, you what? sure, t- why not? I might have a good time and have some good stories before I get murdered. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it'd be interesting to find out. In Storybrooke, August visits the convent to speak with Mother Superior. After August leaves, Mr. Gold confronts her about their conversation. She tells him that he is in town looking for his estranged father, but they have not spoken yet. Bum, bum, bum. In the Enchanted Forest, Balefire summons Rule Groham in the woods. The Blue Fairy appears and offers him her assistance. He explains the situation, and she says that she cannot change Rumpelstiltskin back, but she can send him to a place without magic where his father would return to being the man he once was. She gives Balefire a magic bean that will save them both, but it is the last one and will only work once. So I have a few notes here. The powerful being, Rule Groham, to whom Balefire asks for help with his father, turns out to be the Blue Fairy. Rule Groham is Gaelic and translates to Blue Star, implying that the Blue Fairy is the most powerful being in the, cha- in the Enchanted Forest, even more so than the Dark One. And then for this scene where the Blue Fairy meets up with Balefire, Keegan Connor Tracy was crouching in the, in the bushes and saying her lines off screen. And then the process behind the creation of magic beans is revealed in season two. Uh, yeah. You know, just, it's one of those where it's like, ah, uh, and now we know why Rumple hates the fairies. Yeah. One of the many reasons, but yes. Yep. In Storybrooke, David tries to talk to Mary Margaret on the street and apologize for his actions. She expresses her disappointment in his lack of belief in her innocence and says that they cannot move forward. She believes that something is keeping them apart and she does not want the bad moments to erase the good ones. David proclaims his love for her, but she says that his love is exactly what makes the whole situation so sad. And then my only note here was uh, Mary Margaret saying, it's like something in this world doesn't want us to be together. And David saying, like what, dark forces? And I wrote, yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what doesn't want them to be together. Literally what it is. Yeah. In the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin spins gold in his home when Balefire returns and tells him about the bean. He asks if he has heard of Rule Groham, whom he recognizes as the Blue Fairy. Rumpelstiltskin says that fairy magic does not, mi- does not mix with his magic. Balefire reminds him of their deal and says that he promised and is not backing out. Uh, my only note here is Rumpelstiltskin is still a new dark one. How does he already know about the Blue Fairy? Perhaps we'll discover it someday. I think it's fascinating that that his immediate reaction is, well, my magic and hers isn't going to blend well together. But 
we're talking about a magic bean that has nothing really to do with necessarily her magic, but right. a different kind of magic. Yeah, he just doesn't trust fairies, and we'll find out someday why that is. Back in Storybrooke, Mr. Gold goes to see Archie Hopper, much to his surprise. He tells Hopper about August, who he believes is his son. He says that he isn't sure, but that he is afraid his son may still be angry with him and wonders if he has come to kill him. Archie tells him to be honest with his son and ask for forgiveness. August is out by Mr. Gold's cabin in the woods, and the two meet. Mr. Gold says he knows who he is, to which August replies that he can stop lying and calls him Papa. So I have a few notes here. Archie to Mr. Gold, uh, asking him, Mr. Gold, are you here for the rent? And Mr. Gold says, why does everyone ask that? <laughs> Such a good line. Yeah. Because you literally own the whole town, dude. That's yeah. why. Yeah. And then Archie uh, saying to Mr. Gold, a son. I didn't know you had a son. How old is he? And Mr. Gold saying, let's start with something easier. <laughs> like, because it's been almost 300 years since he's seen his son. Like, <gasps> let's start with something easier. And then Gold saying to Archie, I think he might be here to kill me. And Archie saying, ah, that's not, that's <laughs> like, he has nothing to say in response. So here's my thing about this too is, so Gold's like talking like, yeah, my son, he's here and he's going to, the only stranger that has been anywhere near this town for weeks now is August. Yeah. Who else would it freaking be? Exactly. Like Archie's probably sitting here like, you think August is going to kill you? What? Yeah. What do you mean you don't know how old August is? He's right there. He's clearly in his like late 20s, early 30s, right? Yeah. I'm going to say late 30s, early 40s. Oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Late 30s. I, but, you know, at least Archie's like, you mean your son who's in his 30s that's like right over there? Like, yeah. Because yeah. again, it can't be anybody but August. So hmm. like Archie's got to be sitting there like, you, you think August is here to, to yeah. murder you? Um, yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's a very comical scene. The man uh, on the motorcycle with the typewriter wants to kill you? Yeah. But, and I have to say too, when, uh, when I first watched this episode back, you know, 10 years ago, when August calls him Papa, they had me like, I was like, oh my God, it is his son. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, Agreed. I was yeah. all the way there. I was like, okay, it's yeah. Balefire. Yeah. In the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin has second thoughts about living in a world without magic and giving up his newfound power. Balefire throws a beam and a portal opens. Balefire goes to the edge and holds out his hand to his father, but Rumpelstiltskin backs out of their deal. He tries to keep Balefire from getting sucked into the portal and uses his dagger as an anchor, but in the end, he lets go of his son. Balefire calls him a coward before disappearing. Realizing his mistake, he tries to dig into the ground to get with him with no luck. And I wrote down in this scene, while digging, Rumpel left the dagger behind. Like he was so focused on getting back to his son after he realized his mistake that he just left the dagger there. Like, yeah. you know, it, it does go to show how much his son does mean to him, even though he had this moment of cowardice. It's because With- the dark curse hasn't fully taken him yet. Like, well, and, and also, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be a hundred percent honest. If I had the powers of Rumpelstiltskin in the enchanted forest, 
I don't think I'd want to leave all that much, you know, like, like that, that, I mean, he, he can do anything. He really can. Yeah. And like, it's really just the cost of your humanity. And in a place where you're really not going to live that long. Yeah. How much is your humanity worth? Well, and, and, and plus, I mean, you know me, how much humanity do I have left anyway? <laughs> so <laughs> moving along back in Storybrooke, Mr. Gold apologizes to August and confesses that he should have never let him go. He tells August that he has been looking for him ever since and asks him to be the bigger man and forgive him. The two embrace and August sobs that he forgives him. August says that he is looking for the dagger because if his father had it, then he would not have changed. Mr. Gold tells him that he buried the dagger so Regina would not find it. He leads August to the buried dagger and offers it to him to destroy saying he does not need it anymore. August takes the knife, points it towards Mr. Gold, and tries to use an uh, incantation against him to control the power of the Dark One. Mr. Mr. Gold is livid at the betrayal and realizes this person is not his son, as Balefire would know that the dagger would not have power in this world. Which brings up a good question before I continue on. Let's say he had gone with them, like into in, into the portal and they had ended up yeah. in the real world, but he had left the dagger behind and someone found it. I wonder if they summoned him, what would happen? Like, would he be pulled back from the real world into the enchanted Could he course? be though? Because there's no magic in our world. So yeah. what would be there to pull him back? Well, that I mean, the magic uh, from their world allows them to get into our world. Seemingly the Yeah, magic but it's from- got to be a lot of magic. Like... Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the fairy does mention like, oh, you can use the bean, but you will not be able to come back. Like she does kind of make that like a, once you go, you do not come back. And yeah. It's very like, there's no magic there. You like, well, so I, I've, I've always taken as the implication of, yes, we could use magic to get to our world, but there's no way to come back from that because mm-hmm. there's no magic in our world until there is, but you know, until there is, for like, now. When, yeah. while there's not yeah. magic, there's no way to make the connection. Possibly. I, I was just, it's just the thought that popped into my head just now. Like, I, because uh, I was just picturing, eh, well, let's move on. Anyway, Mr. Gold questions August about who he is and recognizes he must be from the Enchanted Forest. August says that a little fairy told him about the dagger and who Mr. Gold really is. Mr. Gold threatens to kill August and asks why he would risk death to confront him, knowing who he really is. Pinned against a tree by Mr. Gold, August tells him that he is sick with a terminal illness and needs magic. He is trying to get Emma to believe in magic, but he fears he does not have enough time. Mr. Gold allows August to continue to try to convince Emma, scoffing that either way he will eventually die. And in my notes here, I put uh, Gold saying, no one here knows about this knife. And August says, no one remembers, correcting him. And then Gold saying, if you know who I am, then you know who I am, while holding the knife to August's throat. I mean, August was taking a big risk going up, up against Rumpel. Yeah. He knew that. Yeah. If it had worked, though, boy, boy. <laughs> um, in the Enchanted Forest, Stiltskin is still in the woods when he calls for the Blue Fairy. When she arrives, he asks if there is another way to get to the world Bellfire is in. He mentions a curse, which the Blue Fairy acknowledges, but she tells him he cannot pull it off 
because the price is higher than he can imagine. However, he vows to find a way. He blames her for taking away her son, his son, and she tells him that he drove Bellfire away himself. Rumpelstiltskin vows to not rest until he creates the curse and finds Bellfire. And I wrote down the blue fairy saying to Rumpel, there are no more magic beans, and Rumpel saying, that's a lie, to which the blue fairy responds, we don't do that, and Rumpel saying, another lie. And my other note says, as stated by Mr. Golden Dreamy, he has an irrefutable dislike for nuns, who are the counterparts for the fairies. And the reasons for this are revealed in this episode. His reasons are further explained in season six. Yeah, he really doesn't like fairies. No. Well, and we'll get to that season six storyline. Boy. <laughs> also, he does use the line that he will find Bay. He will always find Bay. Like he has a similar line, and I'm like, oh my God, not yeah. you too. <laughs> You're right. In Storybrook, Regina meets Emma at the sheriff department under the pretense of giving her a confession. She then calls Sydney in, who goes into detail about everything the kidnapping, the framing of Mary Margaret and the faking of the DNA results because he had hoped he would get his job back with the newspaper. Emma does not buy his confession and asks to speak to Regina privately in the hallway. She believes that Sydney is protecting Regina because he is in love with her, and she is furious for Regina for allowing someone else to take the fall for her actions. Emma says that Regina tried to take away a person she loves, so now she will take away someone Regina loves. Emma vows to get her son Henry back. And my only note for this final scene was Sydney staring at Regina while making his confession to Emma. Like he's just un- yeah. so in love with her. The poor guy. So I do have one thing that I didn't want to bring up earlier because it does involve season six stuff. So spoilers mm. from, for a second here. Mm. Watchers, listeners to this podcast. Uh, so, you know, we see that Balefire calls on Will Gorm and that it's the blue fairy and that it's supposed to be like this all-powerful being and like when you really think about it would it really be the blue fairy that would be like a creature of the night that has all these powers because that's how it's originally described like oh she comes in the night like she has all these powers or would it more likely be the black fairy Mm. but because of if this is the first season it just makes more sense for it to be the blue fairy because we know we're not adding a million more characters in we're just kind of sticking with what we got at this point the only way I, I could see them justifying it is because she's supposed to be the blue star. Like, I mean, I understand it, via the name, but I'm yeah. talking more so like the description itself is yeah. like, no, you're right. If we're going by the description, that's not how I ever, like the blue fairy is powerful, but that's never how I actually picture her. But like, when I think about like a powerful being of the night, if it's not going to be the dark one and it's not in this case, then wouldn't it more likely be the blackberry like yeah. that would be the most logical choice option if we're going to pick one certainly but i beyond a shadow of a doubt don't uh in my mind especially at this point i don't believe oh, skin would call to the black fairy oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like i i'm not denying that yeah but, you know yeah. i'm just saying it's an interesting thought process it is that concludes this week's episode of the once again podcast thank you for joining us any questions comments or critiques can be addressed to either our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at onceagainpod. If you are feeling generous and would like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. Also, a like and a share would be greatly appreciated. 
Thank you and have a wonderful day.